Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Past three weeks in Miami-Dade County alone. Now, a judge just blocked the ban on mask mandates by Governor DeSantis, who says he'll fight this. The masks... I thought we're there to protect the vulnerable kids. You think? Who, you know, can't get the vaccination, you know, because if you're 12 and under, you can't get the vaccination. So why wouldn't parents want to do everything to keep everybody's kids safe? Why is this still... Well, he's putting his political ambitions ahead of the safety of children. It's as simple as that. It is. It's not as simple as that, but you're Joy Behar, so how would you know what's happening? You don't have an actual interest in data or science or math or reason or logic or study. Your interest is get those people who show up at the view audience to go, you're the best. Man, I'm in a mood. Because that's not usually the way I talk, right? That's that's way different for me. But it also happens to be true. If Joy Behar or any of the people the view were interested in the data, they would know that the mask doesn't keep everybody safe. What about the damage the mask does? Whoa, whoa, it doesn't do any damage? Well, you have zero proof of that. But I have study after study that shows that a mask doesn't stop COVID. I only have the anecdotal proof that the mask hurts kids in their education. I have the absolute studies that show that masks don't stop the spread of COVID to any level of effect. That a mask, even an N95, not worn properly, which would be the vast majority of the civilian population, those of us who don't work in hospital settings, the efficacy of that mask is 3%, from 65% to 3%. But sure, throw it out there that Ron DeSantis of Florida is just worried about his political future. That's it. Are you trying to tell me, Joy Behar, that the position that says get kids killed is the good political position? This is your argument because that's what you're saying. If you don't wear the mask, kids are going to get killed. If you don't wear the mask, you're hurting other people's kids. And you think that a politician took a position against keeping kids healthy because that's good for their political future? exactly how ignorant you have to be to be a part of the view. And you know what the worst part is, guys? They get paid more than I do. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY. That is the number, 833-468-8669. You believe in masks? You like uh, this plan from Joe Biden, this six pronged plan we're gonna go we're gonna go through it it's gonna be it's gonna be delightful let me know let me know what you think of it that speech is coming that speech is coming he's gonna sit there and he's gonna tell everybody about his six-pronged plan you're gonna be like hot diggity six prongs to make us all better it's not gonna make us all better we're all kidding ourselves and we know it we know it the world health organization is clear i know i know how can you trust the world health organization i get your point quote I think this virus is here to stay, and it will evolve like influenza pandemic viruses. It will evolve to become one of the other viruses that affect us. This according to Dr. Mike Ryan, Executive Director of the World Health Organization's Health Emergencies Program. Who didn't know this? We knew it because we've been talking about it honestly and clearly and directly. The people who don't know this are people like Joy Behar and the rest of the women at The View. And, and it, the way I 
say it, he should be criminally, criminally liable for that. Yeah, you are actually committing negligent homicide when people die on your watch. Well, Do you know how absolutely ignorant you have to be? By the way, over 200,000 people have died of COVID since Joe Biden has been in office. Is he guilty of negligent homicide? I'll, I'll, I'll let uh, Joy Behar answer that question. It is to really double up on the idea that she doesn't know what she's talking about and she's proud of it. And it doesn't matter. When you are the hateful sort, it doesn't matter if you know what you're saying. As long as your hate is in the right direction, directed at the right people, nothing else matters. Now, I'm going to tell you a story of hate. This involves Larry Elder. That story is coming up. A story that should be the top news story in America. Absolute bigotry. And Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg ain't got nothing to say. Why? The hate was put in the right direction. Meanwhile, Joe Biden. Six-prong plan. This plan involves booster shots, vaccine requirements, keeping schools open, increasing testing and requiring masks, economic recovery, and improving patient care. Wait, is that six or seven? Vaccine requirements, booster shots, keeping schools open, testing and masking. Yeah, that's six. That's six. Economic recovery and improving patient care. These are the six prongs. So it's already being discussed that he is going to force federal employees and federal contractors to get vaccinated. Now, what happens if they already have natural immunity? Natural immunity is better than any inoculation. We see this in the studies. There's the Israel study. There are other ones out there. We are seeing this. I don't know what happens in that moment. Doesn't seem like employers actually care if you've already had COVID and you have a natural immunity. They only care that you get a shot. Now, I'll say it again for the people in the cheap seats, because the people in the cheap seats are purposefully ignorant. Uh, I am not anti-inoculation. I'm fine with it. It's very obvious the people who get the inoculation survive COVID in greater numbers than people who don't, if they should get it. Now, it should also be known to people like Joy Behar, who is an ignorant woman. She's an ignorant woman. There's just no other word. There are ignorant men. She's an ignorant woman. I said it properly. I'm apologizing for nothing. The vaccine, the inoculation, will not stop you from getting COVID. It's not how it works. What can happen is that you will have less symptoms. You will easier survive if you have the vaccine. Now, that's not true in 100% of the cases. It is true in a, in a great majority of cases, and they can say that. I think the data shows that without question. We've gone over it many, 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 many times. But it's important to remind because some people are tuning in for the first time. So, hey, how are you? Tony Katz, 833-468-8669. You you, you think uh, Governor DeSantis should be criminally liable because he doesn't want to force masks on kids? Let me hear you. I'd love to hear your argument about how Ron DeSantis should be criminally liable. You've got data that shows that masks 100% work against COVID? Oh, I want to hear it. I want to hear it all. I don't have a dog in the fight. I oppose force. I absolutely positively oppose force. I do not oppose smart policy. I favor smart policy. Ah, love me. Some smart policy. And some people, they won't go along with the smart policy. I can't stop that. Again, I don't believe 
in any level of force. And we should be clear, I'm not the only person who is uh, talking about vaccines and think that they actually work. We'll call it inoculations. This was President Trump on with Greg Gutfeld last night. It was pretty funny. My wife, you met my wife, I don't know, it was like six years ago uh, in, in Mar-a-Lago. She's still not gotten vaccinated. And I keep talking to her to get her to va- get vaccinated, and she hasn't. What would you say to her? Well, first of all, I'd say, why is she not doing it? Does she have some kind of religious skeptical. thing? No, skeptical. skeptical. She's skeptical, doesn't trust. Well, she's Russian. Yes. She's Russian. That's the end of that. Exactly. You can't argue with the Russian. No. Very smart. Yeah. And very hard-headed. Yes. I think I know your wife a little bit, right? Yes. But she's great. And uh, let her do what she wants to do. I got vaccinated. Yeah. And I feel very good. I think we saved millions and millions of people worldwide. You know, in 1917, they say almost 100 million, approximately mm-hmm. 100 million people died. Yeah. I think we could have been into that situation because it was very bad. And now, if you're vaccinated, the other thing it shows that if you do get sick, you don't get sick like they were before, exactly. meaning you don't die. Exactly. So uh, I would recommend, but I also say that let her have her freedoms. You know the word freedom, right? Yeah, exactly. And with you, she needs freedom. <laughs> she needs a lot of freedom. By the way, I don't, I don't think you're going to see Biden be that freewheeling ever. Just, just saying. So I'm not the only person who feels this way about the vaccine, the, the, the inoculation. But booster shots? We already know that the Biden administration was talking about booster shots, and even Fauci and the FDA were like, everyone woe up on the booster shots. Then we've got the whole conversation of inoculating children. They don't do that in Europe, and they go the other way on masks. We're going to talk to Phil Kirpin of American Commitment about these things and some of the latest information on the Delta variant and how it is waning in certain parts of the country and what this mu variant can bring. They've already decided the only way to keep schools open is with a mask mandate, and they're doing that through force because it's clear that the CDC was getting pressure from the teachers' unions in order to do this. This is using our children against us to move something ideologically. And no willingness to accept the idea that wearing a mask absolutely hurts a child's growth because it does. As for economic recovery, I got to tell you, this is the part of the speech I'm paying very, very close attention to. Remember, we already spent trillions. Then we spent another $1.2 trillion on infrastructure. We've already got this $3.5 trillion going, and I've got a story on that coming up. What happens when he says in order to ease the economic or build out the economic recovery, we need another $2.2 trillion in the hands of all Americans? More spending? What happens when he suggests more spending? Because it's very possible that's what he is going to do. It is very possible that Joe Biden is 100% going to push out there, well, what we need are a few more dollars. The markets may respond. The markets may be absolutely positively thrilled by government spending. Right now, the markets are down, what, 35? uh, Down just a, a little bit. But my gosh, that's the one I'm paying attention to. We can't handle any more spending, people.
yet it's possible that Joe Biden's going to go down this road. So I don't know what the man's going to say. I do not know what the man is going to do. I have no idea what his six prongs will, abs- will, 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 will clearly entail. No idea. Here's what I do know. Just like the ladies of The View, he is unserious about this virus because he thinks he can manage it, and it cannot be managed. It is here. It is with us for forever and evermore. That's all there is. And once we accept that, everything else is going to work out and work out well. In the meantime, infrastructure still is looming above us. But there may be some hope. That story is up next. I'm Tony Katz. So will this infrastructure bill go through? That is the question. People have let this fall to the wayside. This infrastructure bill is more and more important and urgent in terms of fighting it than ever before. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. $3.5 trillion. And right now, you've got Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema holding the line. You've got Representative Lee Zeldin saying point blank, if they hold the line, Democrats don't have the votes. They can't get this $3.5 trillion through. But listen to how Democrats are talking about the Democrat from West Virginia, Joe Manchin. This is Representative Katie Porter, who I thought had something on the ball. I, I tried to like her. Nope, nope. Even if she did, she has decided to go down this nonsensical leftist route. This was her on MSNBC, the representative from California, talking about infrastructure and Joe Manchin. Okay, let me take this in two separate pieces. The first piece is why should child care be part of this bill? And I partially addressed this, but let me just make a practical point to you, Stephanie. If we had the men who have run this country for hundreds of years, the wealthy men mm-hmm. whose wives and others have taken care of child care, so convinced that it was important, we would have done something about child care 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago when other countries did it. So I'm not today all of a sudden convinced that we have the will to deal with child care when we put off this issue decade after decade after decade. People tweet, my colleagues tweet, oh, women's payday, women are falling behind, oh, glass ceiling. Guess what? Child care is the solution. It's a crisis in pro- economic productivity in this country, and it's one we have to solve as part of building back better. Now, with regard to Senator Manchin and others who... We'll get to Senator Manchin in just a second. Allow me to say horse feathers, or as the late Justice Scalia would say, pure applesauce. Child care is not the issue. Because to say so is to say that no one makes decisions, hard decisions, about who raises children. Her argument is that the decision shouldn't even have to be made. But the decision is always made because there are things more important than money to the equation. And if you want to take on the idea of normal roles, right, or I would argue the traditional roles, not normal, traditional, much better word and more accurate, 
men work and women stay at home. I believe that is, I think people would agree that that is a more traditional role. It doesn't have to be that way. It makes no difference to me. But Representative Porter makes no claim to the idea that hard decisions get made. And it's all because these rich men never had to worry about it. That's the kind of garbage, absolute garbage, that gets thrown out when you have nothing else. What if it's not the job of a government to provide child care? Because I don't think it's the job of a government to provide child care. But now she gets into mansion. And it's one we have to solve as part of building back better. Now, with regard to Senator Manchin and others who want to talk about the price tag for this, let me be clear. You are a business person. You get it. You can do math. If something costs A, then you have two options. You can negotiate down from A, or you can find the money. We have revenue options on the table. There are a huge number of corporations that pay zero taxes. And by making savvy revenue choices, for example, using a real corporate profit approach to dealing with those corporations that pay zero, we can generate 700 billion. If we use the corporate minimum tax approach, we're gonna generate 40 billion. Right there, right there, Senator Manchin, right there, anyone who's worried about spending, we can generate the revenue so that this isn't about $3.5 trillion in spending. It's not even... It is about $3.5 trillion in spending, but look how willing you are to say, well, the answer is just tax these people. Just more tax and more tax and more tax. Well, yes, some corporations, they get around the taxes with this and that and the other. I'm not saying no. It's not incumbent upon them to pay something when there's an opportunity for them not to. But look how eager the representative is to just say, yeah, just tax these people. All of a sudden, it's paid for. See, we don't have to worry about it. But she's not done. About $3.5 trillion in spending because we're going to generate the revenue to pay for these things. I have the will to do it. The question is, does Senator Manchin, or is he more concerned about his corporate donors, including large corporations, the oil and gas industry, the big pharmaceutical industry, and others who are getting away with paying nothing under our current tax system? All right, well, how about tax enforcement? You see, Joe Manchin's not a good guy. Joe Manchin's just in it for his corporate partners. Hey, there's there's somebody else who's pushing the idea that Joe Manchin's, I guess Joe Manchin's daughter is involved somehow with EpiPen pricing, like part of the company. So people are suggesting that Joe Biden threatened to have the DOJ investigate Manchin's daughter unless he changes his heart, changes his mind, and votes for the $3.5 trillion plan. Which would be, you know, blackmail and an impeachable offense. But they don't care. Savages. I'm Tony Katz. So over at Rutgers University, there is a student who takes his classes online, but he's not vaccinated, so he's been dropped. Let's do that again for the people in the cheap seats. He's not vaccinated. He takes his classes virtually, online. He doesn't want to take the vaccine, really an inoculation. So Rutgers dropped him from attending virtual classes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. You okay with that? 
833-468-8669. If you're okay with that, 833-GOT-TONY. Explain to me how you're not a totalitarian in that moment. They're in their own home. They're not infecting anybody. They're not bothering anybody. By the way, even if they had been vaccinated, they could infect people. This is the type of radicalness going on where you realize and people begin to understand that none of this has to do with safety and security. It has to do with power. I don't want it to be this way. I tried to avoid this conversation. But when it's staring right in front of you, what are you supposed to do? The guy taking classes via his PC can't because he hasn't gotten the vaccine you demand? Maybe there's something wrong with Rutgers University. You know, I grew up in Jersey. I'm very glad I didn't go to Rutgers. Ah, super excited I didn't go to Rutgers. Now, admittedly, I went to Arizona State, and that was a mistake for me. There's nothing wrong with Arizona State. It was just a mistake for me. And the reason it was a mistake, too many East Coast people. I I do better not around East Coast people. That is absolutely true. I grew up with that whole attitude. I've always been very thankful that my parents moved to New Jersey and not Long Island because they, they, you know, they grew up in Brooklyn. They got married. They lived in Brooklyn. They lived in, in, in Manhattan for a while. And then uh, you know, you're, you're Jewish and you live in New York. You move to Long Island, which I still, the only real accent I have left, I, it, I have to work to call it Long Island as opposed to Long Island. I have to, I have to work at that. But they moved to New Jersey. Bless their soul. But still, it's, it's an attitude that was just never worked for me. And I went to Arizona State, and there was a lot of that. I'm like, I should have transferred to University of Tennessee. I would have had a good time at University of Tennessee. A great time. Or maybe Georgia. Or, uh, you could have picked a million places. I had fun at Arizona State. I, just, I think I could have had more fun. I think that's the point. But any school that says you are staying at home, but you're still not doing what we demand you do, because we're getting pressure from the White House, and we should be clear, it's pressure from the White House. This is uh, a tremendous amount of intimidation going on. And what we're going to hear from Joe Biden about his six-pronged approach, six prongs, people, of approach, and this idea of pushing and pushing and pushing forced vaccination, it's, it's ugly stuff. But the university has another uh, ugly problem, and that is, of course, that there is no freedom of thought. So there is a professor at Portland State named Peter Bogosian, and he has resigned. And it's an open letter accusing the administration of fostering an environment hostile to intellectual inquiry and dissent. I never once believed, nor do I now, that the purpose of instruction was to lead my students to a particular conclusion. Rather, I sought to create the conditions for rigorous thought, to help them gain the tools to hunt and furrow for their own conclusions. This is why I became a teacher and why I love teaching. But brick by brick, the university has made this kind of intellectual exploration impossible. It has transformed a bastion of free inquiry into a social justice factory whose only inputs were race, gender, and victimhood, and whose only outputs were grievance and division. Fact. Absolutely fact. And one of the many, many reasons why colleges are such trash today. 
And th they'll never understand it. They'll never believe it. Why? Because they get crazy, crazy uh, amounts of dollars. Alumni should stop donating. Now, you're not going to get the people who are woke to stop donating. Everybody else should stop donating. I know you went there and you're supposed to feel something for the university. If you donate enough, it gives you some opportunities. You got to find other opportunities. These people are trash. Students at Portland State, writes Professor Bergosian, are not being taught to think. Rather, they're being trained to mimic the moral certainty of ideologues. Faculty and administrators have abdicated the university's truth-seeking mission and instead drive intolerance of divergent beliefs and opinions. This has created a culture of offense where students are now afraid to speak openly and honestly. That's absolutely true. Portland State University responds by saying that they are committed to academic freedom and free speech. No, you're not. No, you're not. The pressures are intense. And you never say to the woke folk, go to hell. You don't do it. You, uh, you've inculcated it in the professors who have no risk of anything because of tenure. You get paid godly sums of money. And walk around campuses, which are these palaces, and they walk around like actual gods. Can you imagine they sometimes have to do office hours for an hour a week? It's a, it's a non-job. They haven't worked a hard day in their whole damn lives. That's not to say all professors are bad professors. That would be a ridiculous thing to say. But let's not think that the professor works as hard as the person who digs the ditch. And let's not think that the professor is of more value or importance than the person who digs the ditch. That's really where the rubber meets the road. Because that's what they think. They think because they sit in the faculty lounge that they are of more value. The school told Fox News, Portland State has always been and will continue to be a welcoming home for free speech and academic freedom. We believe that those practices are not in conflict with our core institutional values of student success, racial justice and equity, and proactive engagement within our community. Well, if you believe in racial justice and equity, you don't actually believe in a student success. You believe in student indoctrination. Equity doesn't provide value. Equity as it is today provides wokeness. You believe in teaching the idea that some people are guilty for the color of their skin. That's what equity is today. That's what it is. That's who you are. That's who you are. Just one of the many, many stories out there. You got, there are other things going on besides Afghanistan, although we continue to pay attention. Other things going on uh, besides uh, COVID. Here, here's one of those other stories going on. And now... Another Second Amendment success story. You don't say you're sorry when you shoot someone. On Tony Katz Today. So in this story out of the Carolinas, you've got a man that was shot and killed by a homeowner. So what happened is uh, police officers went to a home responding to the shooting. They found this guy, 23-year-old, lying on the front porch with a gunshot wound. The story goes that this guy, last name Pilgrim, walks into their front yard and confronts the homeowners. Guy's acting pretty weird, so they asked him to leave. He didn't leave immediately. So they asked him several times. He eventually leaves. 
But moments later, he's back again. These two homeowners saw Pilgrim with a weapon in his pocket, so they go inside. Homeowner grabs a gun. Pilgrim tried to get inside the home, so the homeowner shot him. He was hit in the chest, fell at the doorway, and died. Now, a Second Amendment success story is not because someone dies. That's never, ever it. This was a guy who was not okay. This was a guy who was unstable. This was a guy who was all sorts of things and was a danger to those two people. They went inside to protect themselves, and this guy tried to come in their house. Notice they didn't go back out. This guy tried to come in their house, as the reporting goes. They're supposed to call the police, hide in the bedroom, wait for the social worker to come up because we don't have police officers. We have peace officers now and talk this guy down. I I think you could do that if you want to, but I would find that very irresponsible. I think it's imperative for people to know that the American populace will protect and defend themselves. One of the things that I find that there are people out there who have mental illness. It seems that there are a lot of people out there who want to talk about having mental illness, but when they realize their life's on the line, they figure it out and they walk away. Am I the only person who ever noticed that? I got people all over the Middle East who want to die for the greater cause, but when they're throwing rocks at soldiers, they do it from behind a car. Anybody ever notice? Just me? Nah, not just me. Not just me. They do it from behind a car. They do it from behind the car because they're willing to die for the cause. But if they don't have to, why should they? Look, this is a comfortable spot. I got a good shot off with the rock. I tell my friends, next time, though, next time, I'm, I'm going to do it for the big guy in the sky. You watch. You watch. I also haven't seen the rest of Ted Lasso yet. I'd really like to stream that before I go. You're supposed to protect and defend yourself and the ones that you love. You're supposed to. That's the standard. That is the standard. And the people who aren't, who don't believe in that standard, I don't know what they believe in. But it ain't good enough by me. Not for a second. I don't want to have to kill somebody. I never want that. But I always want to be able to protect and defend myself and the ones I love. Thus, the Second Amendment is extremely important. Meanwhile, there's a story out there that should be the top story in America, and it's not. Because we don't actually care about racism in America. It's a lie used by ideological people to get their desires. That story is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Be sure to check out my video series at redstate.com. The DC Outsider, that's me, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Go to redstate.com, use promo code KATZ, K-A-T-Z, and you can get the discount. It's fantastic. Love doing it. Uh, Two videos a week, and we've got more videos uh, coming. So much happening. Go to redstate.com, redstate.com. Promo code KATZ, become a VIP. Do it today. The story that should be front and center in America is the story of Larry Elder, because it's a story of racism. Now, people might want to argue, well, are you sure? I'll show you how I'm sure. Larry Elder is a radio host, but he's running for governor in the recall election in California. That election takes place next week. 
There are two parts to the ballot. Do you want to recall Gavin Newsom? Yes or no. If the no's are 50% plus one, then the second question comes into play. Who would you like to replace him? Boom. Right now, it's a toss-up as to whether or not he's going to get removed from office. It is an absolute toss-up. Kamala Harris went to go uh, campaign for him. Uh, She finally decided to show up. Oh, it was a barn burner, people. We are here to say today we fight for Gavin Newsom. We fight for our country. We fight for the values we hold dear. We fight for working people. We fight for organized labor. We fight for dreamers. We fight for women. We fight for voting rights. Well, doesn't seem to be the things the people of California are interested in. But it's a good thing to know that you're only talking about those people who support you. As if somehow the political right is opposed to voting rights. It's laughable. Meanwhile, Larry Elder is running. And Larry Elder is walking through the streets of I don't know where in California. He's walking with a group of of people. He has some security and some others. Next thing you know, a woman on a bicycle, a white woman on a bicycle wearing a gorilla mask starts throwing eggs at him. So first things first, it's an assault. A candidate was assaulted in broad daylight, and no one says a word. Not a mention from the cable news outlets, from the broadcast outlets. How odd. Someone could get attacked right there on camera. You have the video. They don't want to show it. huh? But how about the fact that it's a white woman in a gorilla mask throwing eggs at a black man? Now, you say to me, hey, it could just be a really, really poor choice of mask. Sure it could. But how dare you ask me to even think about taking it that way? It is what it is because CNN and MSNBC has taught us what it is. If this happened in any other situation, they would be screaming racism. How dare we don't hear from Ibram Kendi and Nicole Hannah-Jones and the rest? Why isn't Joy Reid apoplectic that a black man is being treated this way? And the answer is, like I told you, because the hate's in the right direction. The political left shows you every single day. By the way, it was in Venice, California. Thank you, Mr. Fastbucks there on Twitter. Long-time friend, long-time supporter of this show. B- back before we knew each other, Mr. Fastbucks was there. If you're black and conservative, you're not really black. They tell you this time and time again. They have proven it to you. Larry Elder is a conservative. So therefore, if a woman dresses in a gorilla mask and throw, throws eggs at him, it's fine. He deserved it. There's a whole nother story about how uh, people who are black can be perpetuating white supremacy because they go along with it. Again, proving the point. If you're black and conservative or you don't agree with everything that the leftist cause says, you're not really black because they don't look at black as an immutable characteristic. They look at black as to mean you have to believe all these things. If you don't believe these things, you're a traitor. If you don't know if you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black, said Joe Biden. Again, proving the case. How many more times do you want to see this soft bigotry in motion? The hatred of black people in America is through the roof, but it ain't from me. It's from the political left. Because they'll accept anything that happens to a black person on the political right because they don't give a damn about black lives. They don't believe black lives matter. They believe liberal black lives matter. 
the black lives they can use to their political purposes. Oh, I'm sorry, a little too strong today? A little too much truth? Okay, all right, we'll, 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 we'll calm it down. Maybe we'll hit more tomorrow if it's just taking you too much by the throat in the truth department. 100% this was bigotry. By the way, when people are like, hey, what are you doing? This woman starts screaming, don't you blanking touch me. And another guy tries to get into a fight with the security, and the woman actually punches somebody. She's throwing eggs. She's screaming, don't you touch me, and she's punching someone. Of course it's bigotry from beginning to end. And the only people not covering it are the media that don't give a damn about what happens to black people if they don't fit the right political group. That's who they are. That's not who we are. Another hit for the Biden camp. I've got that story coming up. This is Tony Katz today.